0: We've been talking um, about gospelizing, having the desire to be faithful, to talk about our faith with others, to have the joy of our salvation, and that should break out in us uh, as we talk with others. Not sure what all of you did uh, for your Thanksgiving breaks. Uh, some of them, are you here because you're on your Thanksgiving break? But uh, um, we went. Uh, to Baltimore um, and uh, saw my daughter Kate and her my son-in-law Chris and uh, we enjoyed that. But uh, for me, it was a it was a interesting time because I was away, but it was still a working vacation. And so we got there Monday night and I spent all day Tuesday at Panera Bread. Now I didn't stay there eating. Uh, well, actually, I they have a unlimited. Uh, Cup, so I filled it with coffee and Pepsi and Diet Pepsi and all that stuff or Diet Coke, whatever it was. But um, I got there and early in the morning and stayed till till supper time Uh, because they have an internet and I could do emails and uh, work on sermon and study and read, and so it's just a great place and. One of the things I always enjoy about going to a place like that, it's kind of a marketplace today. It's kind of a place where you hear all kinds of conversations. And so I can either tune them out or tune in. And so I usually hear some interesting things because you're usually sitting fairly close to some other people. But the the first thing when I got there, I sat in an individual, you know, they have little tables and stuff, but they had individual chairs and there was another one beside kind of catty corner to it and I was sitting there and getting set up and someone sits over next to me and says do you mind if I sit here and I said no and then the fellow said I'm here because my father just died and I want to be around people and I thought oh my you know day before Thanksgiving no one to be around and uh, and uh, Started talking, and he says, "Yeah, and my mother's also in the hospital." And he said, "My stepmom and dad just died last year." <laughs> and uh, and uh, you know, the guy was uh, probably uh, maybe a couple years younger than I am, and he didn't have a wedding ring on, and. Just some of the things he said. I wasn't sure what his sexual orientation was. Um, But as we talked, he said, do you mind if I unload all this on you? I said, no, I'm a pastor. (laughs) He said, we just can't get away from it. I said, well, I don't want to get away from it. That's who I am. And um, as a Christian. He said, oh, I'm an atheist. And... uh, and he went on to then explain um, why he didn't believe in God and all of the rest. And uh, I just listened to his story for at least a half hour. And, uh, and he was a consistent atheist because I listened to him well and stuff, and he didn't want to hear anything. You know, he was there to unload, right? And, and I said, uh, I just said, could I pray before, with you before you go? he was consistent he said no <laughs> he, he said uh, you know just have some nice thoughts so I prayed for him anyhow that God would break into this lonely world uh, uh, this world without he really didn't have hope it was just kind of enduring and going on and uh, um, there are some times where you would debate people and get into a big conversation but uh, I didn't think that was the time um, other than to point him a little bit towards Christ. But I just was so uh, overwhelmed and taken back at uh, at our culture where it is because a conversation like that, it would not be unusual today. It would not be unusual in New England to have a similar conversation with people. And uh, one of the books that our small group is doing his call, it's Tim Keller's book, uh, Reason for God. And uh, we missed our first group. Uh, we weren't feeling our first time in the first book in our small group going over it. So uh, i tell you the truth, because we were sick, I haven't read it yet. And i actually going to lead the next one, so I'll have to read it. But I'm looking forward to reason, reading it just to be able to reason with people. Uh, not that reasoning will get there. The gospel ultimately gets them to Christ. But we live in a culture where the thinking is just so radically different than previous generations. And because we are around people often who are Christians in church or the people we hang out with and we have free time are often Christians, that, that just the whole world view and way people think is, is just foreign to us. That's one of the reasons I enjoy hanging out at Starbucks and, and the Panera Bread and Brugger's is just I listen to all kinds of conversations. Uh, and, and, and I mean, I don't sit there and get everything, but I, I just hear the way people talk and what they're about and what's important to them, and uh, and just realize uh, how different we are as Christians. And yet we're called to be able to give reason for the hope that's within us. Let's just turn to two scriptures, and we'll go through one. First, we'll go to First Peter three fifteen and sixteen. <coughs> I would imagine that most of you have seen and heard this scripture from time to time in 1 Peter 3:15 and 16. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience, so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. And so it's talking about being ready to talk about your faith and, and, and knowing what you believe and being able to tell others about it. And uh, I wish that I would have had that opportunity, but the guy didn't ask. <laughs> and he said, please don't ask. I don't want to hear it. Uh, and so I could uh, at that point only only listen. Um, But I I want to take us to another scripture that would have us uh, talk about at least how we get an opening and uh, and talking to other people about Christ in Colossians. So if you'll turn there to Colossians uh, chapter um, (laughs) 4. By the way, you, you all have traveled and, and been with family uh, in different places, probably, or friends, over, over vacation, uh, over Thanksgiving time. Um, did any of you have any conversations on planes or buses or with family or anything that, that uh, led to the gospel or just like that, you know, that you were, you were seeing into the hearts of people? Did any of those come up? Uh, any of you have any of those kind of times?
1: Mark? Well, it's a little bit different, but I have to laugh because we're looking to somewhere in our travels, I think Rush Lumpel, when talking about that. be aware of Thanksgiving dinner, that one political side has put out this, you know, these candidates telling them you how know, to handle to have a conservative come to their dinner table, what they can say. And so I felt like you were that. Uh, Conservative, uh, because it's one of the conversations that I overheard I was part of was about healthcare. You know, like do you
0: know, that conservative thing of having the budget cut. That's what you're asking. Yeah, your your brother tried to evangelize me with the bills going through the yeah. health system, saying how great they were, and. Uh, we could soon be on the federal system like him and only have to pay so much or something like that. So that was interesting. Any gospel conversations with anyone, And travels or anything? Bill?
1: Well, it's not really gospel, but uh, it's always encouraging you when you're talking with one of your family, a grandson, in this case, from San Francisco. And uh, that's a place where there's not too many churches that are worth going for. And City Church is one that is worth going to. And uh, my grandson is uh, now at the Stanford uh, in the business school there. But he travels back to City Church where he has been going. <laughs> it's always a
0: blessing to see, even all the busyness that they can still carry on and think about the it. Christian teaching mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. Yeah. And Mary, Mary's son goes there. It's kind of interesting, isn't it? Hehehehehehehe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's go look at the passage in Colossians, Colossians chapter 4. We're going to look at verses 5 and 6 and just think about our own interaction that God gives us every day in this world. And it's just talking about how we're to, how to live in it um, um, as Christians. And uh, as we're talking about gospelizing, uh, this should should, uh, be a part of us. Conduct yourselves wisely towards outsiders, making the best use of time. Let your speech be always gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you might know how you ought to answer each person. So there's just a a little bit um, of wisdom there, given to us um, in this book by Paul and to the Colossian church as we deal with outsiders. It was interesting, some people I know purpose to put themselves in positions where they will have opportunities to talk about the gospel. Um, Some people really like um, being on planes, because if someone sits down beside you, they can't They can't get up, you know, and and so you've kind of gotten them in a position you can talk to them. And and I've actually had those kind of conversations. I've never um, known anyone that was converted uh, through a conversation I've had on an airplane. And I almost felt guilty because when we flew uh, to and back from Baltimore on Airtran, um, um, they have three people on one side and two on the others on the other side and I I was thinking now if I was really an evangelical Christian I wouldn't, uh, when I signed up for seats just took the two where Mark and I sat by each other, right? We'd go on the three side and I'd have her near the window and I'd be out in the aisle and we'd leave the the seat open in the middle you know, so we'd be sure to get someone between us so uh, we could could, uh, get them with the gospel right? I'm not sure that's necessarily what it means to conduct yourselves uh, wisely towards outsiders so I don't think you have to have to say yeah I gotta, gotta trap someone in there you know uh, but, I, but I think it is it is talking about is beginning to pray to even think about that God the way, um, the way God set Israel up in the Old Testament was to be right in the center of, of that part of the world that all the, the nations around them would be interacting. Uh, with them, seeing them that they would be a light to the world, and what exactly God calls us to be a salt and light and and we just don't most people I know and talk to um, are just trying to get by, and we can often go through our days and times and not even think about. Uh, speaking of Christ, or praying for others, or, or asking that God would give us divine encounters, which He does all the time, but we're we're just we don't we don't live that way. And yet, when I when I pray for you, which I do occasionally, and I try to be regular about it, that I think about the God, I think about the community God has placed you in, and I think about the people that you're interacting with, right? And so. We're always around outsiders, right? I mean, if if I would, and I'm just going, to, I'm just going to take um, an, an example, right? I'm going to just start going down the roads, and we can't do this forever, right? But we've got, uh, you know, Bill and Jane, right? And you think, oh, they're retired, right? Yeah, but they're always, they're here every week, aren't you? With a lot of non-Christians, you come over for the lunch generally, and yeah and so you 're with a whole group of people you 've gotten to know, and many of them are unbelievers right They walk through town every day or uh, most every day and i 'm sure they 've started to get to know people and connect with them and Bill's at the prison right meet on a weekly basis with a prison ministry and and, and and Jane Bill and Jane Bowl, right and so uh, you know you just think of all these different situations that God has them out. Um, that that if we are beginning to think as gospelizers, you know, I'm not saying take your Bible and, you know, be ready to smack someone with it, but, but just being aware that you have a presence, you're light and salt. Now it would be easy for the next row to think, "Oh, we're seminary students; we're just in uh, you know in this place, right?" But that that's not true, uh, especially with their wives. Uh, God has them out, you know. Um, um, in, 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 uh, you're in the publishing world, is that right? Uh, and then Ashley, you you work in uh, caring for folks in the evening, right, at homes, and so you're with people there and staff. You know it's just amazing how you know you've come to New England and God just doesn't have you at the seminary, but he pushes, he pushes you out and uh, except for the guys they they, you know, they have some other jobs but it's like on the seminary grounds and stuff, but they're still alive and you get groceries and do other things right you know God has uh, Tim in, in, in two community colleges, right. And uh, I don't know how many students you have, what you probably, with your different classes, Do you have at least 100? Okay, 50 or 60, right? 50 or 60 souls that God regularly places him with, right? Mike now has moved to a whole new neighborhood, right? And people around him. And God has set him in this little cul-de-sac, you know, where, where people kind of, for the sake, of, have to get to know each other. And I imagine in the winter, once that place gets snowed in, you know, on the hill there, you're going to have to get to know each other, you know, to get in and out, you know, and, and, and see what the weather is and how the road is. know, so, you know, you just start multiplying all this. And we are in these opportunities, but we're not always even thinking it. This way, so let's look at the scripture again and say, and just and just see what it says. Conduct yourselves wisely, wisely, towards outsiders. Outsiders making the best use of your time. What would that mean if we're talking about gospelizing? Well,
1: just like the example you gave of yourself. Uh, he identified himself to you as the person who was going through stuff, loaded all this stuff on you. Can you let him know you were a pastor? And you even asked him if you pray with him, and he said no. And so he wisely knew, given that circumstance, that this was not the time to let him know about the lake of burning fire, for instance. So, uh, but you did identify yourself as a Christian. you very likely we'll never see this person again, but we don't, we don't know how God will be in that particular man's life. And so it is for all of us that we have to wisely assess situations and, and not be timid and use the excuse of, well, it has to be the right timing, not be timid of not, in not uh, uh, identifying ourselves as Christians and speaking to people about us, but also being wise to understand a circumstance and say... You know, I think I need to get to know this person a little better. We have to develop some trust uh, and pray for God to provide a specific opportunity where it may be, it may be able to speak. That like that. And I would say, for you, just started up with a, um, a Christian fellowship at Symphony Hall for Boston of right, long and There are now four of us doing this. And one of the things that we're doing is praying for colleagues and, and other members of the orchestra and our conductors. And we've identified, each of us have identified as people that we are specifically praying for, for, for opportunities to share the gospel. And one of them, is a, a young woman who's been a, a number of years, who expressly has told one of our little fellowships, and you know, she doesn't want to talk about God, uh, but there may well be a, a, a time where not just this friend of hers that's in our group can do that, but others can as well. In development of the relationship and taking advantage of particular opportunities So I think this scripture is very good because it speaks why being wise, acting wisely, and not just saying, feeling somehow or other guilt-ridden that, oh gosh, God wants me to speak about it every time I see any person on the planet. And that can sometimes be a hindrance to the presentation of the It's hard help to help, it's hard to summon. used any encounter. To the the this mm-hmm.
0: okay. I think Pat.
1: That, the, the that is um, wisdom is truth is not not um, and and the end here you need to know how you want to answer to I think that that um, will only come from the kind of thing that God is happening that we are praying God, pray for people. and so that you would to really pray for overdo, pray for opportunities, And God will really work in ways that He will help you to be wise and to take those opportunities when when you receive it.
0: Why are you on this planet? Yeah. It's not about earning a living, although, I hope all of you are working hard at earning a living. Under God's thing, and in a hope, in your, in your working hard, you are glorifying God in that. But the, the object is not to live one more day. The object is not to get by one more day. The ultimate object is not to get a degree. Uh, the ultimate object is not to get ahead in your job. Um, the ultimate object is wherever God has you, and not, and all those things are not bad in themselves. But to glorify God in it and to be his representative there. And, and so just even thinking this way, I, I, I fear, and I'm not talking about grabbing someone by the lapels, but always being ready to understand that God has you in the place, he has, just as strategically as he placed Israel in the center of a known world, that they would be light and salt there. He has placed you where you are. For that thing, and and to start making connections, even with other Christians, such as uh, Doug has uh, chosen with some others to do at the symphony. You're in workplaces. You're in school places. You are in uh, different places where God can and indeed use you. Um, one of the things that uh, Steve Weibley has gotten together and trying to do at the, at, at the at, uh, University of uh, Massachusetts at Lowell, he's gotten a hold of George and myself and the campus pastor and, uh, and some others to see if we can start just praying for the university, you know? Uh, how could we make a bigger presence? Um, for the for the gospel there right and so that's a place where we have some of our students some of our people you can use Matt and, and encourage Matt and the others you know but uh, how can we do that together at those places and so that's another way do you think do you think about the places God has you do you, do you think and I'm not talking about in the sense of I'm a Christian I'm guilty I didn't But for so often, we we spend our life running from one thing to the other, trying to exist. You know, Marg is talking to me in the way over today just about how this fall our schedule seems to have ramped up. and uh, and you know you think you look forward and you think you have this day free and someone calls you know and they said hey let's get together and there there have often been people from the past or someone will show up you know and it's not that we don't like people or don't like them but it's like wait a minute that was our day to breathe and, and we and we look at the sovereignty of God and we have we try to have a bigger picture there but. but let me just ask that, and we we'll get back to other. But, but do you think that? Do you wake up thinking that God has you where you are, you're to enjoy and glorify Him and, and give Him praise? Not in the guilty sense of, you know, did I share the gospel today? Did I win a soul? But God has me here for this purpose. You know? do, do, you think, do you think that way where you are? I
1: would say, um, maybe the other not a i Mm-hmm. And it's time to You you Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: Thanks, Mike. As I I have begun to enjoy the gospel more and understand that Christ loves me and His complete righteousness is mine, I don't wake up in the morning striving. I'm still busy, but I don't strive to be right with God. I am right with God, and I have the joy of my salvation. And so even... I'm excited to tell others about that. And before, I would have brought on them the law and said, yeah, become a Christian and you have to do this. Rather than saying how wondrous it is to be Christ's child and you can have this freedom and joy. And so even for me to think of the gospel is radically different now. I'm, I'm enjoying telling others about the joy of my salvation.
1: Often, I've kind of come at the day with, well, I'd I, I like to share the gospel, but I need to have, you know, I need to share the entire thing and everything with a with person. And really, if God having that person's life to speak into it, to say to the students, can I pray for you? Or can I, can I you know, I will pray for you. And to put them actually on their prayer list. And to, to be a seed planter, and to know that God will cause that seed to grow, as can it seeds in many students' lives, a teacher in the Chicago area. And, you know, that's okay for me to do, and that's not I any mean, less okay than doing something else. And I think, you know, the Lord guides and directs each of us to do what He wants us to do.
0: Absolutely. I'm trying to find in Acts 17... Oh, here it is. In Acts 17. And I, and I want to take you to this passage. Paul is, uh, is preaching here. He's, he's, in, he's in Greece and Mars Hill, um, the men of Athens here at the Aragopolis. And he's preaching about their unknown gods and all the rest. But one of the things he is saying here, in in uh, chapter 17, verse 26, talking about God, and He made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and boundary boundaries, allotted the periods and boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should seek God in the hope that they might feel their way toward Him and find Him. That he is not actually far from each of us. Now, the one way of understanding this, and it he's talking about, he's talking to non-Christians and said, God has you where you are. And one of the reasons he has you there is so that you'll seek him. But I want to take the same truth that God has you where you are as people who know him to be there when the others ask the question and to be where you are. I'm not hearing... People who think maybe you maybe you do, but I don't even hear hear us struggling with this issue. Maybe you're just the best, and I'm not saying this for for um, guilt wise, but that, that we are people who live. the understanding, we're here to tell others about Christ. Um, so. do, do, you wake, do you think? Is that? In, I mean, part of the reason that isn't it because I just live. Part of it, I'm trying to be faithful as a Christian, but I, I really forget about this whole other part of, of being salt and light, and and. and I'm not talking about the the guilty part, but I'm saying, is that in our thinking? Do we do we live that way? Do we pray that way? Do you live and pray that way? And if you don't, that's fine. And I'm, I am not want to encourage just to do it. But uh, you know, I'm not getting you know, getting you know, you know. Uh, don't, I'll get to some of the people with the raised hands. I'm trying to get people who haven't raised their hands first to see if do you do you live and think that way you have others who pray that way with you, do you? Most huh? of the time I don't know if I'm really struggling with it. But when I get a chance to talk to you, I'm
1: like, well, you must do lots of people in the end that I'm just a little bit of a doing social and I'm doing a lot of things. So in a social life at the moment, and she's very small. And so I'm trying to figure out how can I get over there, and I appreciate the reminder to see that um, to help create opportunities. I mean, I'm trying to think about it, but I've not been asked. by three months. I want to be able to make myself known and be a friend. And, you know, I'll try to do uh, these like but, um, but, so that kind of makes it more, uh, brings it more to your attention. I mean, but if you've been in the neighborhood for a while and all these you know, people if you haven't uh, got something in place where you can try to inject yourself into your life on a regular basis, uh, um, you know, uh, not necessarily with much of it, then it's easy to just put it go. all the time. what I try to do in here is technically try to get it all in all the streets and And um and that's I, I
0: but that's been for a long time and I was young kids, I think we got to in the heart and want to Any others? Just you how you think and live. yeah Sandy
1: Oh
0: my, imagine
1: that <laughs> Yeah.
0: One of, one of the reasons I'm, I'm pushing this, okay, is not... I don't want anybody to go, around here, go out of here and say, Oh, I don't share the God. Right but just realize the joy of our salvation and to start talking and encouraging. This becomes a part of our conversation. We talk about it. We talk about what we're doing. You know, Mark and I have sought to finally do something with our neighbors... You know, and we've done something, but it's so. You know, you know they were sick. We took them food. We talked to them. I visited with them a couple times, and then I realized the new moon has come and gone. I went up in the bedroom last night, and the moon was shining in. And I say, I remember the moon a month ago, and I didn't even think about that neighbor. You know, and I, you know, not that. But what I'm just saying is, uh, uh, it's not built in. Marg and I were talking about. Going to a movie. It's the new movie called uh, Blindsided about the football player, you know. And we talked about, well, m- maybe we could do it on this day. And, and I said, well, honey, I, you know, we talked about two other things that came now, and my day off it's changed it and stuff. But all of a sudden, it's like, she said, if we don't put it on our calendar, it won't happen, you know. And if we're not thinking this way, you know, not on our calendar, This is the day I evangelize. <laughs> but but what I'm asking is, is it on your mind? Not in the guilt sense. But I'm here to glorify God. He's placed me in the place that I am, and I'm to be salt and light there. George, you were gonna say
1: so that about something planned. We do do you to different be areas. Even understanding where direct our understanding so that we can the right areas or plan to pray and eat
0: what would happen to all of us if we checked our email once a day or if you use Facebook, you only look there once a day. Okay, or whatever your little thing is, right? That, you know, your, your cell phone texting or something. You, know, you only did it once a day. How, many, how much time would that then save you in your life that you could pray about some non-Christians? I know not everybody's into that, but some of us are, right? Because every time you do that, you just go, you know, and you get into this different world. Okay. Back to the front row. Well, you
1: know, prayer is a mystery. And uh, the globalism is that prayer doesn't change God, it changes us. And I don't know if that's entirely true. But there's no doubt that prayer changes us. And I find that if I bring specific people to mind they've become, they rise to the forefront of, of my mind. Not in a generic sense, Lord, give me a chance to you know, speak of you to someone today. That's too easy. It's too easy to feel guilty at the end of the day. Uh, but if I say, you know, Lord, I, 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 I look for opportunities to see Joe, or Sam, or Susie, or whoever it is. It may not happen that day, but the constant bringing forward of these things, of these individual people, um, does have an effect on me and does increase my boldness and my alertness to opportunities to, in some way, speak to them of the gospel. Maybe not the whole thing all at once, but some particular thing. I also find, too, that surrounding myself with reminders of the gospel. Now, I'm, a, I'm an artist, I'm a visual person, I'm a tangible person, so you know, I find that, you know, some of the times where I feel most inspired to then go to speak to people are after having visited some historical church or I remember one, uh, one bus city tour and we went to Athens and I went on Mars Hill and that night I had a substantial conversation with a colleague because so I was so inspired by walking on the Acropolis and thinking of Paul and praying that whole time and then having that conversation. So I think, you know, as we pray and as we bring things to mind and we, we become inspired by what Bible call the great cloud of witnesses that came before us and realize that we're part of that stream. This whole made a narrative from, from the beginning of creation until so now until the end of time on this earth and then the, the world to come. We're part of this. And I just find that specifically praying does change me, specifically purposing to go to places that inspire me, whether the was of art or for other people's devotion inspires me. And it's
0: not just in You know, I find that true if you're particularly praying for people, that if you're praying for Joe particularly, and not just God bless Joe, but if you're involved in Joe's life, you know, that Joe's mother just died or Joe's something else. And so when you see Joe, you don't just have to remember, oh yeah, that's Joe. But if you've been praying for Joe, you're gonna ask Joe, how is it going with? Because, you know, then you can't even say well, I've been praying for you, but you, you're involved in the life and you're you're already re- ready, set, go with Joe. Because you've been and then 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 you see that opportunity when God has it. Because you've set yourself up for that rather than trying to remember Joe's name. <laughs> you know. um, any other comments just on your own thinking in this area? What? You
1: a lot of God wants to work with who we are. God doesn't want me to be a pastor. You're a pastor. I'm not a pastor. I'm a private teacher. But God can use me in my own circumstances, and just because I'm not a pastor, He won't use me to in different ways. You can't reach junior high or loan players with the gospel, but I can. We're a wonderful gift. You know? It's just, it's don't use as an excuse that you are who you think you should be in order to reach people with the gospel I
0: can use it right now in circumstances well ordinarily if God is going to reach the people in your neighborhood with the gospel he's not going to use me directly I'll never work with those people I'll never live by them I'll never speak to them and by the way I don't see him here right my job is to have you think about using your time wisely and, and actually what what Mike has said there as we get older, I wake up literally in, in that and i've thought i don 't know how many you know when you 're young you think you 've got lots of days i don 't think i 'll have many days you know in comparison to what i 've already had i don 't know but what i 'm starting to think how am I going to use this time wisely what what legacy am I going to leave, right? And I used to think uh, uh, about a financial legacy or a reputation legacy, and and neither of those are worth squat, ultimately. You know, it's it's a Christ legacy, you know, and uh, how did I use my time wisely for him. Um, so there's a little poem about that I, I don't I don't have it done, so i get it somewhere. I have some handouts I want to just give you. And uh, they're not the cat's meow is the best handouts in the world. But uh, they at least get you thinking that way. The one is a handout talking about um, just thinking about the culture and how to speak from them. It's from... Uh, the, the new pastor at, uh, at Coral Ridge uh, Presbyterian Church. I can't pronounce his name, so I'm not going to bother. And the other one is from Don Whitney, who uh, is, a Southern, I think, a Southern Baptist at Louisville Seminary. But he just tries to encourage people in the situation God have them to be thinking about questions you can ask that just begin to bridge the gap um, and, and, uh, and how to do that. So I'm going to pass out these two different things. I let you pass that one out. Pass
1: that one out. It's just good for me to think of acting blindly when you're around non-Christians, uh, no matter what you're doing. Not in case anyone finds out that they're not, but in case they find out that we are the ones who what we give is an opportunity to speak of the spiritual. Things. I mean, I even think of when I'm shopping, um, a lot of times we like hate going to go shopping with black Friday. I and mean, it's chaos. And there is just, you know, clothes on the floor. And sometimes I just bend over and pick up other people's clothes and just let them have a lot of How can I act wisely? How can I use opportunities to show them a different It's not a global witness, for sure, right? it's empty, but it's empty level. If you're thinking of those things on that level, then it's worth the opportunity to work you might have
0: else yeah absolutely um, Doug as you heard recently by God's grace has been able to start this fellowship at the Boston Symphony okay I don't want to hold Doug up and say look at you know but, but as we talk about these things and what we're doing, it all of a sudden puts ideas in our heads. I could do that. I could be thinking about that. So part of what I'm trying to get you to talk about it and open out is that you are all in situations where some of you are doing it, or we just need to be encouraged to even think on a bit bigger picture of why God has us here than to just get a degree than to just get a paycheck, than to just raise our families. You know, there's there's a much bigger picture in that and that we would think of the glory of God in it. And, um, and so um, pray for me as your pastor because I'm to encourage you in that and uh, be doing it myself. Um, I'm going to go ahead and pray. Father, would you enable us to in our hearts honor Christ as Lord? Would you give us great wisdom in how we walk and how we live before outsiders and and uh, and think about these days these moments that you've given us not that we would uh, just have to fall on the floor and repent we didn't use, we wasted some time but you've put us all here for a bigger picture and so when it's our children it's more than having them behave but it's why they behave Um, it's because they're the Lord's and they would give Him glory so as parents uh, with that first church and that first group to evangelize at home, would would you help us with that would you encourage moms um, who who just want to make uh, the bed for a change maybe or, uh, or, or, or get something else done, would you encourage us uh, as when dads come home, would you encourage me, Lord, that uh, there's bigger things to do than keep a clean yard uh, as a witness for my neighbors, but speaking of them of Christ, would you, would you have us, first of all, just so in love with you christ that you are the joy of our salvation uh, that we would have a desire to glorify you and live for you because we love you may we be filled up with your fullness may we as christians begin encouraging each other would you would you have us even talk about these things uh, and how uh, christ could be glorified in them may we find great joy today in our savior who who loves us in spite of ourselves who loves us with all our frailties and weakness who has died for us and given us His righteousness. and we have the joy of our salvation in Christ today. Amen.